everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Entrepreneur Impact. My name is David Donaldson. I'm here with my partner, Joseph Martin. And I just want to share some of the fun stuff that we do as a leadership team. You know, things that I haven't done uh, a lot of over the previous years. I feel like I've sold myself short, but that's actually reading. Uh, <laughs> I know that sounds funny for those of you that are listening to me, but honestly, I tell you what, I, I have found reading to be everything that it's supposed to be. Educational, emotional, moving, and thought-provoking. I spent a lot of time in my professional career being busy, right? Being busy feels like it's productive, right? Yeah, you know, we just finished up a book uh, that I share with everybody. It's called, it's called Deep Work, uh, Rules for Focused Success in a Distracted World by the author Cal Newport. And it really kind of spoke to me. It, it made me think about it, like, what we've been doing over the last couple of years as a leadership team is constantly looking and evolving how we grow our businesses for our, our organization, our industry, and our associates. But in order to do that, you got to spend time thinking about it, right? We, and in his book, you know, we, you know, I call it the busy work, but he calls it uh, the work of, of, the, of the shallow work and where your concentration needs to be. And, and we're going to kind of touch on a couple of different ways that that takes work. But ultimately, you owe it to yourself. You owe it to your business. You owe it to your consumers to give yourself time to digest and actually look at what's going on and not just be reacting all the time. Well, I think what's interesting, so what we do as a leadership team, at least for um, our organization, is um, – there's only two things in leadership that you can control is um, environment and conversations, right? So if you think about that, like, that's eh, that whole adage of bring a horse water, but can't make him drink. All you can do is create conversation and have great environment. And one of the things that I think is great for a leadership team is to pour into their leaders around education, around reading books. And more often than not, because we have podcasts and we have video, YouTube videos and you have training seminars and all these different things. But when you think about education of people, there's something about reading, highlighting, taking notes in a book, especially when it's around leadership attributes that you're trying to make better. And I thought was interesting on this book called Deep Work, especially in an environment where we deal with real, um, we have the opportunity to be in real estate, that there's always these you're in a service-based industry, so part of your value of the organization is response time and customer service. And then other times, recognizing that you've got to go build things, you have to think about strategy, you have to think about the next innovation of the industry, and that's something that's not shallow work. And what Dave, you brought up was um, this addiction to activity, right? That, like, if you think about like our psychology, we're wired to be like, if I do this, I want, I get that. Right. Yeah. That, hey, if I pick up an axe and I chop a tree, eventually the tree's going to fall down. Right. There's direct impact of like what I'm doing today. And the thing about deep work, you're trying to get into a flow. Right. That you're trying to get into this like impactful thing that you're doing with your time. But a lot of times there's this what they call the metric black hole. That there's a lot of deep work that you do for thinking or uh, reading or educate, whatever the thing may be, that's not a one to one impact. And what the book brings up is there is work that's done that's highly impactful, but it lacks the ability to have a metric around it, right? And because there's no metric, it's hard to say it's valuable to the organization, it's bottom line. And I think more often than not, what the big aha that I had from this book was that like, 
if we see somebody constantly doing something, we, we immediately um, set the expectation that person is productive. And this book really gets you to think about what's shallow, what doesn't need to be done, what is like on the outside looks like I'm busy and productive, when in fact it does jack diddly to the bottom line. So, so let's kind of break it down and let's talk about like, so what is deep work? Well, the, the way that uh, Cal Newport kind of sums it up is a state of distraction-free concentration when your brain works at its maximum potential. Mm-hmm. And basically what we're telling you here is that you can't do that through multitasking, mm-hmm. right? You actually have to give yourself time to separate and unplug from the day-to-day. Yeah. I mean, they bring up this topic – yeah, and don't get me wrong, every one of these leadership books, you've probably heard the concept, but I think they all frame it and they deliver it in different ways. What was cool about this book is it brought up the idea that multitasking has to do with this, what do they call it, residue? They call it thought residue? I think it's thought residue. Right. Um, and what happens is, is that if you don't finish a topic or you don't finish a project you and you go to the next thing, your brain's still thinking about the thing that you didn't finish. Right. So, well, yeah. So I, I actually love that thought because here's how we, I kind of spin this off to people. I go, are you up at night and can't sleep? Mm-hmm. That's where that's what really kind of jumped off the page. When, when I don't end my day, when I don't wrap up my thought and complete what was the most important thing for that particular day, it keeps me up. Yeah, and I think the other part, right, when you read that is that, um, one, you got to finish stuff. And the book has been great as far as conceptual and then tactical. Because those of you that, like, keep up at night, they actually have a ritual in there about how to shut down. Right. And I'll get, I mean, it was fascinating to me because I do some of it, but not all of it, is that you write down all the things that you got to get done, right? Then you write down the plan, right? Then you look at your calendar ahead to figure out when you could execute it. And then once you figure out tasks, plan, time, you then say, um, I'm done for the day, right? And if you set that ritual every day for, you know, say it's a 66-day challenge or whatever it may be to form a habit, it's actually a way to shut down because what happens, they go into the psychological piece of it, is that your unconscious mind actually will put pieces of information together that aren't necessarily tied to each other. And you need that downtime to fully now this isn't like you know simple items that you're trying to get done like hard deep work oddly enough the book um that you need time to process and i thought that was a really good re- no it was and you mean a lot of this has to do with scheduling right it's it's funny how you can kind of break all this down and we look at what we do and a lot of the different conversations we have have so much to do with scheduling an organization and planning, right? Now, look, Gary Keller says, you know, when you're booking your calendar year out in advance, plan vacations, right? But at the same time, what are vacation? Vacations are downtime. Family first, right? But then also the time, are you planning time for you to think through the business, right? Now, we're not saying, hey, you need to go out into the woods, lock yourself in a cabin, okay, and, and become a, a recluse and disappear and reinvigorate the world with your thoughts that you come out of here. But you can actually get to a smaller level each day and spend valuable time each day, half hour, 30 minutes, an hour, completely disengaged from the shallow work, which we're going to call social media here, right? Social media is that time suck where people are on their phones, where they don't know what to do, where if they finish something early, the first thing they do is they pick up their phone, they catch up on their TikToks and their Instagram and their Facebook. Mm -hmm. What you doing there, Joe? 
multitasking. <laughs> um, and, and emails, right? Yeah. So this is, a, but this is, it's so easy to get away from what we know we need to do. So like you were co- like unplugging each day. Incredibly important topic says you've decided what's important. You put on your calendar, your to-do list. This is what I have to do. This is my one thing that I have to yeah. do today. Did I get it done? That's what you have to ask yourself. In order to shut down each day to unplug, to finish your day, you have to ask yourself, did I get it done? You may have woke up this morning and decided that whatever the most important thing was, but then the day happened, right? Mike yeah. Tyson says, you don't know what your day is going to look like until you get punched in the mouth, right? Because that happens on a Monday morning. Correct. So therefore, that priority has radically changed. But did you do enough or did you schedule time in your calendar to readdress, to put your mind at ease, to put your your mind, your subconscious at ease to go, I didn't get it done because there was something more important of a vital need that showed its head today. However, this was deemed important today, so I have to find that as priority time to go ahead and do it again somewhere else on my calendar. If you haven't done that, then that residue is going to keep you up at the end of the night. Yeah, and it gave some really good thoughts around like the things that we think are important and like our clients. Yeah. You, know, you say, oh, we have to be responding within an hour and most of the expectation is not that. And if you are able to actually provide better value to your client by working on something that has more impact for their experience than the response time. And they also talk about in a world of saying that I accomplished something. Like I'm big on this right now with a lot of the teams that I'm leading is that like, stop doing the checklist. The checklist is just a checklist. If you don't understand why you're doing it, it doesn't matter, right? Guilty. And that, and and, and, and like, I, you can't blame anybody for it's like what we're raised in, right? It's, it's that a like- sense of accomplishment to a degree, right? Yeah, it's saying, well, I, I got my email done today. Yeah. Well, that didn't do jack diddly to my bottom line. Great, you answered a bunch of emails, but like, and it's also path of least resistance. So like, it's thinking- well, this thing's really hard and it's overcomplicated and I don't have a plan for it. So uh, let me grab my phone and, you know, eat, shoot up some emails to say I was productive that I earned my paycheck. Right. And I think that also um, what was really cool about deep work and like change or um, that they brought up was you had to have um, dedicated time for a specific activity that had a measurable outcome so you could get feedback on. So they call it deliberate practice, right? That if you want to change a behavior, you want to impact something in your business, you have to have deliberate practice in a time frame that has raw feedback about whether or not it got done so that you actually get like, it's kind of like the best way to explain this is take riding a bike, right? There's deliberate time. You know exactly whether or not you fell off the bike right? And there's repercussions for it. And you're getting deliberate practice. Because if you fall off the bike, you're going to scrape your knee. And you probably don't want to scrape your knee all that much, right? So hence, there's real pressure to perform so you don't scrape your knee. But there's never a painful, like, bodily thing that happens to you in business, right? So instead of having deliberate practice on scripting or cold calling or whatever the thing may be with live feedback of how to get better, we don't typically train our people that way. Hence, and, and because left to our own devices, that sounds painful. I'm going to go respond to some email to say that, like, I earned my paycheck, right? So I think, like, when you think about deep work, it's setting up an environment that says I'm going to have deliberate practice on something that's beneficial to the business that I know is, that I wouldn't, that I'm not great at right now, and I need to work on that thing because that's actually what's going to make me better in the organization. And I think they've got some rituals and stuff like that that you can put in. But, like, that's inevitably what deep work is, is what's the deliberate practice to get really good at something? Because 
in a world where everyone thinks it's instant gratification and like overnight successes, that's actually not how like true change and trajectory accomplishments happen. And you have to budget and allow for growth and time in deep work too, right? You can't just all of a sudden say, hey, I'm going to go shut down for three days and I'm going to have this huge epiphany come out on the other side of this, right? Yeah. That's just not real. But there's a lot of ways that you look at how your day goes. So go back to calendar structure, mm -hmm. right? How did you budget your day? Now, you do have to do the shallow work. You do have to respond to email. You do have to make phone calls. You do have to do, but you don't need to keep your calendar or your email up on your screen 24-7. You, you could turn off your phone notifications and pick that up three times a day instead of every 10 minutes, right? Those things are all real, but yet we fail. We give into that on a regular basis, right? You you time block your schedule in such a way that you give credence to the most important things, yeah. right? And I think you know, the thing that they referenced was like, hey, build more time than you think you need, right? And then maybe even build more time as to respond to emails that, but then when the other thing takes more time, when you're taking time away, you're taking time away from the shallow work, you're not taking away from other deliberate purposeful work. Yeah, and I think the piece you're bringing up there is, don't use deep work as an excuse to like, you know, go on vacation, right? Yeah. Um, they have five, they, they brought up five ways of deep work. Now, some of these are unrealistic based on like your environment. They talk one, it's a, I forget what they, the first way to do it is like, you literally shut down completely from the entire outside world. Like no email, no phone. They gave some great examples of it, but you are yeah. literally completely isolated to only do that work. Now, the challenge with that one is, is that really realistic in most of our lives? And number two is how do you get the accountability and feedback of like the work progress that you're doing, right? That's one way if you're really passionate, you could do. Another way they talked about is that like you go in cycles, meaning um, you do, uh, they, they brought up like a professor would, you know, first semester, um, they would be doing all of their teaching and second semester would be all of their research, right? right? Research papers, right? So you break up like large chunks of, activity and then the other thing right then they've got another one um the third way that they talked about how do you like plug deep work into your calendar was the third way was um you do it based on time like meaning that hey i know that my um i will never be interrupted from 5 30 a.m to 7 30 a.m right because then i gotta go to my work which i gotta be out the door by 7 30 or whatever the thing may be but they had a ritual of always for two hours that day yeah uh, or every day for two hours in that thing. So you create that calendar schedule, right? And then the next one was ad hocly. They talk about like journalism, where like when the thing just hits you, you run with it, which is very challenging to do because there's not a whole lot of like, you have some really strong willpower yeah. on that one. Uh, and then they've got the other one where you literally just wake up every day and you figure out where you can plug the time in, right? Um, yeah, I, personally, I think the third option is probably the best where you just anchor two hours a day where you're dedicated to that. They also bring up just for everybody listening for some structure as well is that when you're first doing it, like if you're kind of an, uh, an apprentice, if you will, or an amateur, you probably can only mentally withstand to be in a, a pattern of deep work for about an hour. Yeah, I was going to say it's about an hour. Yeah. So you can, your, mind, your mind's just going to wander on. Yeah. And then uh, the, the people that are experts, and by experts are like self-aware They've been doing it for a while. They've done a lot of self-improvement. The max capacity of like a deep work state of like actual like functioning is about four hours. You know, it's a funny thing. What I kept coming back to and when I look at these these topics or, or the deep think of where you're spending your time, but it's not just, okay, what am I going to think about? But we've got a lot of these tools at our disposal. 
But it's budgeting the time to utilize the tools is where your deep work could actually take place, right? So we talk about, hey, what if we're like, if, whether it's a Friday or a Sunday, and you do your 411 for the next week, Yeah. right? You're spending deliberate time in doing that. And at the end of each month, you're spending an hour, an hour and a half thinking about what's my one thing for this month that's going to break down into my 411. And then every October when we do a business planning clinic, we've got to think through, okay, what's going to happen this year? What are my goals? Right? Not just your business strategy goals, but what are your personal goals? And you have to spend a lot of self-aware time to understand what's going on in your world that's going to allow you to achieve those goals. And those things take time. If you just go, oh, crud, it's Monday morning, it's 7 o'clock, I got the kids screaming and yelling at the door, and I've got my 815 call and I have to present my 411 for the week, Correct. you're not accomplishing anything. No, no you're not. And uh, I think... The thing that kind of I've always believed this and I think it, it comes true in this book is um, you they bring up be embrace like the boring embrace yeah. the structure because it's forming the habit. Right. That if you think about it more often than not, we don't hit our goal, not because we didn't want to or we strategically sabotage ourselves. But it really has to do with the fact of a lack of a plan, because what happens is we say, hey, I want to sell 100 homes, right? Now that's our intent. We definitely want to do that or we want to grow revenue by a million dollars, whatever the thing may be, right? But we don't get into the weeds about what does that look like on a daily basis? What does that look like on a weekly basis? What does it look like on a monthly basis? And what happens is that's deep work. You have to really think like, where do I need to be? What do I need to do? How do I need to plan it? Like, And if you think through your plan first and have a methodical plan where you don't have to think once you start the plan, you are setting yourself up for success because then you're not in the moment having to make a decision. And a lot of us probably overthink decisions and we get overstimulated by other things and other challenging priorities. And if we have to think more than three seconds about what our next activity is, we, we can succumb to being distracted by a shout, like in this book, shallow work. It, you, and the funny thing is you can create deep work at any time. Like I, I, I'll give you a perfect example. So last week, as I, as I, we were wrapping up this book, I was thinking about it. I, I had time, and it, it, it connected with me because this was an example, right? But I had time. Dylan was at soccer practice. I'm not coaching this year, so I was running at soccer practice. So I spent that time in deep thought. Yeah. I spent that time running around the soccer field in deep thought, and I actually was talking and taking notes as I was going. That was a, it was a creative process. It was actually quite energizing. That I, and I don't actually think that's multitasking. That was time for me where I was actually to kind of sit there, move around, but thinking and taking notes as my mind was going in different directions around the thought processes for work. And I wasn't distracted by social media. I wasn't sitting down watching television. I wasn't enjoying the quiet of the kids not being around. I was being purposeful and taking care of myself and allowing myself time to actually think. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing thing we can actually think, right? <laughs> but I, I just thought it was a you know a great topic for our podcast today, just because when you think about all the different priorities, and I got to do this, I got to do that, and if, especially as an entrepreneur, you're always looking for opportunity. You're always looking for the next thing, and uh, what, what could what could make the business better? And you're constantly juggling different priorities from revenue to people to capital to expenses to multi-year trends to follow up with this thing or that thing. You have all these things that take your time. And yeah, I thought the Deep deep Workbook did a, a, a fa- fantastic job of giving background about why we do what we do, how we're structured, how we're wired, and gave really a great read 
on the clarity of how do you constantly juggle the urgent but not important activities versus the important not urgent activities and when i really think about deep work and impact and focus flow whatever you want to call it it's being able to strategically identify the important not urgent activities putting them into a structured way to accomplish them so you become better at those tasks and actually over time build towards what's necessary and what's best for the business as opposed to these non-important yet urgent activities that constantly come at us that are really shallow in concept, but they make us feel like we're accomplishing something when in fact we need to embrace the delayed gratification of deep work, which is actually important, not urgent activities. Look, this is deep thought. <laughs> See what I did there? Deep thought for deep work today. Um, you know, reading can move your mind. And you can come across some things sometimes that really change your outlook and everything. So the thing is, you know, spend time for yourself. Think about your business. And you're not sure exactly where it'll take you, but take notes, right? I tell you, what, I love just writing things down sometimes because that's a deliberate focus. You know, they talk about that. Actually, writing is activity. You're channeling your energy into what you're doing and you're forcing the thought, right? Versus just thinking or being distracted by all the digital technology that's around you. And for those of you that are I'm saying, well, wait a minute, but social media is a big part of my business. I hear you and other people can do those things. You know what I think about with social media? I There was a period of time where I got off social media for like two, three years. It was probably the most relaxing time. And yes, I get it. Social media is necessary and tell yes. your story and all connection, all that kind of stuff. Here's my question for all of our real estate agents out there that utilize social media. Um, I believe that social media is a public relations strategy that works over long periods of time where you still have a strategy, that there's actual repetition, that it's repetitive, that you're trying to push a, a message or a theme or something around your business. Social media is a reactive like thing that generates leads because someone says, oh, I heard about Dave in real estate. Let me check him on social media, right? It is not a, a proactive approach to lead generation. Now, you, do you need it? Probably. Do you yeah, have to execute it? And does it actually get you leads immediately? Some people will say yes, right? More often than not, it's a strategy. And that's a long game on social media. Well, and that's kind of goes back to, but if you budget the time to do that, then do it in the budget amount of time. Don't do it in all of your free time. Exactly. That's kind of what we're talking about here, right? Don't let your free time your shallow, be absorbed by the shallow, busy work. Just, social media is important to you? Yes, we understand that. Tell your stories. Be strategic around it and budget the time to do it. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us on another great episode and uh, a little look inside of our, our weekly book club here this week. Maybe we'll bring some more uh, deep thought books because uh, we do tackle those on a regular basis. But they do stir great conversations. And believe it or not, they come into these podcasts all the time. Yeah, they do. And uh, just another just call to action here. If you uh, like the podcast, please like it. If you didn't like it, just leave it alone. Uh, we'll try to get better at it. Uh, but please give us a like, give us a follow, um, share it out to other people that might have an impact on it. We definitely want to grow this thing and uh, provide value back to all of our listeners. So until uh, next time, Entrepreneurial Impact with Dave and Joe. I appreciate you. Have a great day, everybody.